Happy New Year and welcome into Southern Middle Tennessee today on Front Porch Radio, WKOM, WKRM, broadcasting from the Debbie Matthews Nashville Realty Newsroom in Columbia, Tennessee. I'm Chris Yao, filling in for Tom Price. We'll start with local news. Murray Regional Medical Center Board of Trustees Chair Houston Parks will retire effective January 1st following 15 years of service, the past six as board chair. The Columbia native is a longtime local attorney who most recently has been in private practice at the law firm Parks, Bryant, and Snyder PLLC. It's been a pleasure serving this community and organization as a member of the Murray Regional Medical Center Board of Trustees, Parks said. This health system is a tremendous benefit to the communities we serve, and I'm proud of how it's grown and the vision that's in place for the future. Under Park's leadership, Murray Regional Health has accomplished many endeavors, including the expansion of Murray Regional Surgical Services to include two Da Vinci robotic platforms for general gynecology, urologic, and thoracic surgery, Stryker Mako robotic system for joint replacements, the 7D surgical flash navigation system for spinal and cranial surgery, the opening of a state-of-the-art cancer center at Columbia Mall, and the installation of advanced imaging systems including 128-slice CTs, PET, and 3D mammography. In addition, the health system has received numerous awards and accreditations as a reflection of its commitment to clinical excellence and patient safety. Houston's experience, legal expertise, and business acumen have been instrumental in our success, and I'm immensely grateful for his service, said Murray Regional Health CEO Martin Cheney. The Murray Regional Board of Trustees will elect a new chair and announce other board appointments at its 2024 meeting in January. Murray County rang in the new year on Sunday by lowering the metal mule head from high above the courthouse square in Columbia thanks to the work put in by Center of Hope. Two-time Main Street Murray Hometown Hero Award winner Cindy Sims has been working tirelessly following the opening of a new shelter for Center of Hope to make sure the 2024 Mule Drop is a successful event. Beginning at 8 p.m. on the square with live music, the free event will be open to the public throughout the night into early Monday morning, but Sims said the event is something for every dynamic. If you have young children or you just want to go enjoy some things, count down and go home, you can. The big countdown is at midnight with fireworks from the roof of the courthouse. We were really excited about this year's fireworks because there was something new. The Emerald Empire Band played throughout the night. A cover band, event goers, uh, enjoyed a variety of music and genres from the 10-piece ensemble. The event is a fundraiser for Center of Hope Shelter, which supports victims of domestic violence, sexual assault, stalking, and human trafficking. We are the local Domestic Violence and Sexual Assault Center. We've been serving Murray County for the last 34 years, and in 2018, we picked up Lawrence, Giles, and Wayne Counties. Domestic violence and sexual assault knows no barriers. It can happen to the wealthiest and the poorest of people and any race or belief system, Sims said. Each year, sponsors and vendors help support the mission throughout the event. With axe throwing, a cigar lounge, and much more to go along with the food trucks and other vendors, We have the greatest community in the world. We couldn't do it without our sponsors and BMC Metalworks who created the apparatus that is dropped by industrial contractors. We'll now take a look at some of the biggest questions facing local communities and the county in 2024. In Spring Hill, will the June Lake Interchange open on time? After numerous changes and deadlines, the Tennessee Department of Transportation says the June Lake Interchange will indeed open in either late spring or early summer in 2024. 
The project has been moved three separate times, including a move of the estimated completion date to an earlier-than-expected timeline, but was subsequently delayed and then delayed again to the most recent timeline. The contractor, Bell Construction, is incurring financial penalties for each day the project isn't completed. While TDOT will recoup much of their costs incurred by keeping staff on site during the extension, Spring Hill Mayor Jim Hageman was not confident the city would be repaid for having similar staff on site at the time. City Administrator Pam Caskey requested TDOT consider reimbursing the city during a public meeting in November, but representatives did not acknowledge any such intention. Which of the multi-use developments will be in use before the end of the year? By our count, there are six mixed-use projects underway in Spring Hill, either approved at some level by the Planning Commission or already going vertical. Which of these projects are most likely to see some commercial property development before the end of the year? Both Spring Hill Town Crossing off Jim Warren Road and Gene Lake will begin to see some commercial build-outs in 2024. Grocery chain Publix is slated for the former, while Hy-Vee announced its intention to build in June Lake. Kedron Square has begun building, but currently only residential buildings are being constructed, while Legacy Point at the crossings, Port Royal Commercial Park between Derryberry Lane and Long Hunter Chase Drive, and Clear Blue, which is along Wall Street, are still in the initial stages of development. How many people live in Spring Hill? The city authorized a special census during the November 20th meeting of the Board of Mayor and Aldermen that will cost the city $50,000 to complete. The city will begin collecting data on January 1st and are expected to complete the process by March 1st. The city does have an online portal where citizens can submit their information to avoid a visit from census takers at their door. In 2020, the national census counted 50,005 residents, but city believers... City leaders believe the population to be much greater. The state of Tennessee distributes shared revenues based on population at $169.29 per capita. In Mount Pleasant, when will downtown construction actually start? After a tumultuous bid process over the last two years, Mount Pleasant has received bids for their downtown revitalization project once again, and Mayor Bill White said he expects the bid to be awarded in the first quarter of 2024. TDOT awarded the city $1.25 million in Transportation Alternatives Program grant funds in 2018 for the pedestrian improvements. As part of the grant agreement, the city must provide a minimum match of 20% to receive those funds. In an effort to do a comprehensive project, the city has worked with the Water and Sewer Department to conduct water and sewer rehabilitation simultaneously. Mount Pleasant Power is also assisting the city in funding the lighting and traffic signalization portion of the product. In total, the project construction is expected to cost $2.5 million. Who will be Mount Pleasant's next city manager? Kate Collier indicated recently to the city commissioners her intention to retire in the coming months, and the city will work with the Municipal Technical Advisory Service, or MTAS, to open the process of searching for her successor. Who will that be, and when will they take over? White hopes this new city manager will be in place prior to the budgeting season so they can be familiar with the city's finances before the next fiscal year begins. Less of a question, more of a celebration. The city is planning a major party downtown to celebrate 200 years in the, of our incorporation this October. White and his staff have worked diligently to begin the preparation and planning stages for the event, which promises to be one of the biggest in 2024. In Murray County and at the state level, will the House pass the Property Taxpayer Protection Act? The bill, which would allow local county commissioners to decide how fees should be used in, to pay for incoming developments, failed to pass the General Assembly for a second year in a row. 
In response, the Commission formed an ad hoc growth committee consisting of five members to oversee negotiations with the Home Builders and Realtors Association. In November, the Commission approved additional funding for lobbyists for the upcoming legislative session. The 113th General Assembly will reconvene on Tuesday, January 9th. How often will commissioners travel to the state capitol? How do they plan on working alongside the Home Builders and Realtors Association? Will an interlocal agreement be passed between the cities of Columbia, Spring Hill, and Mount Pleasant? Are all questions that need to be answered. Will the proposed math intervention bill be signed into law? In October, State Representative Scott Sapicki announced a new bill aimed at increasing math scores for K-8 students and is scheduled to introduce that into state legislature. Sapicki, who is part, the chair of the Education Instruction Subcommittee, also carried the third grade retention law. Passed in 2021, that law requires third grade students to repeat the grade or receive additional interventions if they are deemed not to be proficient in the ELA section of the TCAP. The math intervention bill would require summer school or tutoring for K-8 students who do not perform well on their TCAP test or universal screener. However, the bill is not similar to the third grade retention law in that students will not be retained. Finally, is the new Judicial Center on track to open in October? Well, Murray County Commission Chair Eric Prevetti said the new Judicial Center, which was approved last August at an amended GMP of $33.9 million, is on track to open in October. Located on the grounds of the former Daily Herald building, the long-awaited Judicial Center is, has been an effort on the part of both current and former commissioners. The construction will come at a cost, uh, no cost to taxpayers. Instead, funds will be used from the uh, American Rescue Plan Act and the remaining costs coming from litigation court fees and adequate facilities taxes. In addition to the Judicial Center, Prevetti also noted the progress being made on the Archives Expansion Building and the Ag Extension Building. The commission will hold its first meeting of the new year, uh, January 2nd. Let's take a break. When we return, your hometown memorials and news from around the state. This is Southern Middle Tennessee Today broadcasting from the Debbie Matthews Nashville Realty Newsroom. We'll be right back in a moment. Listening 101.7, 103.7, WKOM, WKRM, Delp Kennedy, owner operator. Great to have you with us. Family first. <laughs> My dad used to tell us that all the time. But family first wasn't just something he'd say to us, it was how he lived every day of his life. And it's how I try to live mine too. At Shelter Insurance, our agents are dedicated to helping provide personalized auto, home, and life protection that puts your family first. For auto, home, life, or business insurance, see Shelter Agent Tommy Hyde Jr. at 388-2009. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole barn. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. 
more high-quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Hello, this is John McEwen with McEwen Group Real Estate, located at 17A Public Square in beautiful downtown Columbia. Our family has over 40 years experience selling farms, residential, recreational, and all types of real estate here in Middle Tennessee. Check us out online at McEwenGroup.com or on Facebook and Instagram at McEwen Group, or give me a call today at 931-628-1749. McEwen Group, land is your legacy. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the stair that only creaks when everyone else in the house is asleep. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. This is Trey Adcock with Dixie Equipment Sales and Rental. We sell ASV and Wacker Noisen equipment. We also rent a wide variety of compact equipment in the Middle Tennessee area. Come see us. We are located in Columbia, Tennessee at 200 East 16th Street. You can call us at 615-969-0118 or visit our website at www.dixiediesel.com. We have been in business for over 42 years, and we would love to help you turn your project into reality. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at 10pin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. Hi, this is George Rawls with The Way Realty. Please allow me to share a little bit about us. We measure our success by the quality of service you receive. We provide many ways to help you get the most when selling your house, like home staging, landscaping, repairs, professional pictures, and aggressive marketing. Our listings are posted on the MLS, Realtracks.com, Zillow, Realtor.com, and Trulia. Your house will most likely be your biggest investment for your family and for your future retirement. Let us help you fulfill the American dream by buying, building, or selling your next home. And most importantly, let this new year be a great year by putting Jesus first in your life. Jesus Christ changes lives. I know because he changed mine. You're listening to your local radio. Time now to take a look at your hometown memorials brought to you by Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home. Mr. Marion Robert Davis, 90, resident of Murray County, died Tuesday, December 26th at Murray Regional Medical Center. A graveside service was held Saturday, December 30th at 2 p.m. at Williamsport Methodist Cemetery. Mr. Johnny N. Wooten, 86, born in Bartow, Florida and resident of Columbia, passed away December 7th visitation for Mr. Wooten will be held at Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home in Columbia on Wednesday, January 3rd from 4 until 8 p.m. A memorial service will follow January 6th 
at 10 a.m. at Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home. Johnny will be laid to rest at Rose Hill Cemetery. Mr. William Bill Joseph Hosbach, 80, resident of Columbia and retired lab analyst for Swarco, passed away December 28th at his residence. A celebration of life will be held at Central Christian Church on Saturday, January 6th from 1 until 4 p.m. Oaks and Nichols funeral directors are assisting the family with arrangements. Mrs. Vicki Lynn Love Knight, 79, a lifelong resident of Columbia and retired property underwriting vice president for Farm Bureau, passed away peacefully Monday, December 25th, at her residence. A private graveside service will be scheduled at a later date. Oaks and Nichols funeral directors are assisting the family with arrangements. Now a look at news from around the state. Teachers throughout the state would have access to body-worn cameras with emergency buttons if legislation originating in Wilson County is passed at the 2024 General Assembly. Wilson County State Legislators Senator Mark Pody and Representative Susan Lynn announced plans last Thursday to introduce the school safety legislation. I look at this bill as an important update to classroom safety technology. It's high time that technology reaches the classroom when it comes to school safety items like this, Lynn said. The technology would mirror body-worn cameras frequently used by law enforcement personnel, but would include three buttons for an alert system. Pody said one button would be used for disciplinary issues, the second one would be used for medical emergencies, and the third would be used for active shooter situations. When the teachers push the disciplinary button, the system will stream footage to the school's principal and school resource officer if there is one at the school. When the medical emergency button is pushed, an alert is sent to the school resource officer and local 911 agency. The active shooter button will alert local law enforcement and the device's GPS system will allow responders to accurately locate the threat. Pody said he worked on the legislation for more than a year after he started representing a portion of Davidson County and spoke with Metro Nashville school board members, teachers, and parents and learned that some teachers had been assaulted by students. It's like having a ring doorbell on teachers' lanyards. When they press that button, they know help is coming, Pody said. He said the lack of proof in some of these cases spurred the push for technology, which was expedited by the Covenant school shooting last March. It changed a lot of us as legislators how we're looking at school safety in a way we've never done before, said Pody, who said he spoke with Covenant parents regarding the legislation. Pody said he also spoke with Governor Bill Lee and state finance personnel and said the state would fund up to $300 per device, which districts could access through a grant process. Pody said local districts would have their choice of using the technology and vendors, but any device costing more than $300 would need to be covered by the district. He said he also didn't favor mandating the technology for districts and hoped district leaders would follow the wishes of teachers and parents. Pody and Lynn noted the technology was being used in Florida and Texas. They said the 2024-25 school year would be the earliest the technology would appear in schools if approved during the next legis legislative session. First Lady Jill Biden, as part of her Joining Forces initiative and continued support for the military-connected community, traveled to Fort Campbell on December 23rd to celebrate the holidays and meet with veterans' families impacted by the December 9th tornado. On the day of the event, 68 families remained displaced by the tornado. At its peak, that number was 354. Dozens of affected families, volunteers, and community leaders were in attendance. The First Lady's plane, temporarily named Slay Force One, touched down at 1 p.m. and Biden, along with special guest Santa Claus, stepped out to greet everyone on the tarmac. The pair were quickly ushered to the event where Major General Brett Sylvia welcomed them. During these last two weeks, we've seen tremendous acts of heroism and selfless service, M.G. Sylvia said. 
Tragedy is tragedy, but sometimes it brings out the best in people, and that's exactly what we've seen. We just had the opportunity to recognize some people who literally went into damaged structures, pulled people out, and saved lives. We also met with a group of community leaders who brought together a host of gifts and supplies, and we want to recognize them because it has been nothing short of amazing. Thoughts and prayers are great. We always appreciate that, but it's even better when we see it turned into real action and activity, and that's what's happened over the course of the last two weeks. Major Kevin Kiros was next to speak. He and his family sheltered in their laundry rooms as the, their home was devastated on December 9th. They have since been relocated to a home at Fort Campbell. He expresses gratitude for all the first responders and all the support that he and his family have received. He then introduced the First Lady. I want to thank AFYMCA for Toys for Tots and Mission Barbecue for all your hard work. As Americans across the country gather to celebrate this week, our family wanted to come here. We wanted to be here with all of you to let you know that you are not alone. In our family, we have a saying, if you have to ask, it's too late. Military families live by that saying too. In moments of hardship, you're ones who step up. You're the ones who put lives, your lives in harm's way, and you're the ones who reach a hand out to carry others through, the First Lady said. The Bidens are a military family, and military families look out for one another. We take care of our own, and on behalf of the President and Americans everywhere, you're in our hearts, and we are so grateful for your service. May God bless and protect our troops and their families. After the brief speech, Biden invited everyone to come up and meet Santa Claus. She and Santa then posed for pictures with the families. When families returned to their tables, they were greeted by Marines carrying stacks of toys that were presented to the children. We'll be right back to the Debbie Matthews Nashville Realty Newsroom with more on Southern Middle Tennessee Today right after this. As years go by, people may tend to forget just what a funeral is really all about. At Oaks and Nichols, we believe it's first and always a special remembrance of someone you love. We start by listening to your needs and desires. If you're unsure, we can help gently, professionally. At Oaks and Nichols Funeral Directors, we haven't lost sight of why we're here, to serve Murray County families in the ways they prefer, and why your satisfaction is so important to Jeff Hargrove and Susie Sowell. There's a great deal of satisfaction in serving a family and serving them well. It's an eye for detail and thoughtfulness and taking the time to see that things are done right. We do have nice facilities and good people and we work hard to do things well, but we don't want that to intimidate people as to what they think it will cost. Taking care of you is our primary concern. Oaks and Nichols Funeral Directors, 320 West 7th Street in Columbia. Since 1856, people you can rely on. Turner and Osborne Tire Company, 1016 South Main Street in Columbia. Give them a call at 931-388-6822. They've been doing business since 1947 and in their current location since 1964. They provide the best tire and mechanical work at some of the best prices in Middle Tennessee. Hey, they're official Michelin and Goodyear dealers, and they've got all kinds of brands as well. Stop by and see Walker Vining and his professional staff, or check them out online at turnerandosborne.com. That's turnerandosborne.com. 
Don't let pain keep you out of the game. Murray Regional Physical Therapy's experienced team of therapists can help you recover from surgery, injury, or illness by designing a plan that meets your unique needs. We utilize state-of-the-art equipment and proven techniques to help you get back to doing the things you love. Schedule a consultation at any of our convenient Southern Middle Tennessee locations by calling 931-380-4014. Murray Regional Health, where clinical excellence meets compassionate care. Debbie Matthews grew up and lives in beautiful Columbia, Tennessee. As a realtor, she is well-versed in homes, neighborhoods, development, and schools. She wants to share her love of her home state with others to help them find just the right place to raise a family, open a business, or develop a dream. From luxury listings to land, she can handle it all. She is the current leading producer, Nashville Realty Group. Contact Debbie Matthews Realtor at 615-476-3224. That's 615-476-3224. I'm Chris Yao, and I am in downtown Columbia, just off of Carmack Boulevard, where a old business in a new location has just opened up. Ollie and Fence Counter here in the New South Market Place, again, right here in the middle and the heart of downtown Columbia, moving in from the Arts District. So, we're going to go in, tell you a little bit more about Ollie and Fence. Ollie and Fence is a sandwich shop in Columbia. Um, we're attached to Bad Idea Brewing, um, so it's just kind of a full-functioning kind of brew pub, sandwich counter, I don't know, it's a bunch of classic ideas kind of thrown together into one space. Mm-hmm. Um, we opened this two years ago. Yesterday was our soft opening two years ago in the Arts District. And yeah. For Ollie and Fins, one of the major reasons they were able to be successful early in their business journey is because of the Columbia Arts District. Oh yeah, I mean, it was imperative um, to get our start in a location like that, that was a little bit hidden, but still also known by certain people in town. Um, I think it was the perfect place for us to get going because of the fact that it wasn't too crazy busy and too visible. Um, So for first timers, you know, opening our first business, it was a really great way to get started and to gather a following. So it's a great community. It's where our home is. Like it's, it's we live over in the arts district. We love mm-hmm. the arts district. Um, we this opportunity presented itself, and that's the only reason we're not in the arts district. If, I feel like if this amount of space and this visibility was over there right now, we would have stayed. We love the arts district, um, but yeah, it was it was time to do something bigger um, and really kind of see what we were made of. And that's what this was about. <laughs> if you're curious where the name Ollie and Fence comes from, well, it's kind of a family name. Ollie and Finn, they are our dogs. Um, <laughs> but Ollie and Finn's is a craft, uh, scratch kitchen, and we make everything that we possibly can, you know, here. Um using a lot of family recipes and are doing our own twists on family recipes that, you know, and then creating new recipes. This guy's the classically trained chef over here. (laughs) It's a way to make food that we love, that we grew up with, that um, we learned about techniques we learned on our journey to today. It's about making it accessible to everybody. It's about making it fun. It's about, 
a new experience. It's about Duke's mayonnaise. It's about <laughs> great bread, good quality products, and something accessible to where you can come in and you feel like you're you're having an experience for twenty bucks as opposed to having an experience for fifty bucks. And that's the difference. Is you know we do make everything homemade from scratch. You know using the best quality stuff we can. Um, but it's a sandwich shop, man. We want you to come in and have a good time and drink a beer, play some video games, watch some cartoons, yell at us about football and why we don't have football on. Yeah. We will on Sundays. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's just a matter of, it's a matter of, like I said, bringing that community aspect from the arts district and how we grew over to a new space and a new neighborhood and trying to establish and that kind of vibe here. And the best way, I think, to reach us is Facebook or Instagram, at Ollie and Fins, all spelled out. Um, if you Google us, it has all of our information on there, imagine it that. Does. It um, does. All of our phone number, our address, and everything is on there. Um, our hours, this week's a little weird, uh, but starting next week, we'll be 11 to 8, Tuesday through Saturday. Um, and Hopefully, we'll add hours as we go, but for now, we're going to start with 11 to 8. At least through the holiday season. Yeah. Uh, just to get our get our feet under us a little bit, but once we once we do that, we'll have a, maybe a little bit more more days open, a little later night hours, some nights, and yeah. We also have a website, just ollieandfins.com. Badideabrewing.com, and you can order online there. So yeah. there you go. But the best thing is follow us all on Instagram at ollieandfins at badideabrewing. Yes. That's going to do it for this Tuesday, January 2nd edition, the first edition of Southern Middle Tennessee Today in 2024. Again, we hope you had a wonderful and safe New Year holiday. If you missed any part of today's show, you can listen to it on demand or read it on FrontPorchRadioTN.com. For Tom Price, I'm Chris Yao, saying so long. <laughs>